from Jaguar Sports Properties and the University of South Alabama Athletics. This is the Kane Womack Show. And cinching up the hash mark to keep the drive alive. Your comments, questions, and insights from the coach. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile is brought to you by Alabama Power. Proud to support the South Alabama Jaguars. State Farm Insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. Sunny's Barbecue. Tool Expo and Construction Supplies. Konica Sausage. True Southern flavor since 1947. Air Specialty. Your carrier dealer. Turn to the experts. The Alabama Department of Transportation. Drive safe, Alabama. China Doll and Dixie Lily Foods. Dolphins Restaurant. Elevating your dining experience 424 feet in the heart of Mobile. Battlehouse Renaissance Hotel and Spa in downtown Mobile. Hacienda San Miguel and Azteca Restaurants. The IBEW Local 505. And by Coca-Cola and Coke Zero Sugar. Now, alongside Coach Kane Womack, live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, here's J.D. Byers and J.T. Crabtree. Welcome in, everybody, and got a really good episode going for you, not just because the South Alabama Jaguars won and set some records on Saturday against ULM. By the way, a homecoming victory for South Alabama, but also the preview of the Battle for the Belt, presented by Aldot, Drive Safe Alabama. Aldot, the presenting sponsor for the Battle for the Belt between South Alabama and bitter in-state rival Troy. Uh, totally forgot where I was going here. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> JT, who has the longest win streak in the conference right now? Uh, well, just going off the top of my head, um, I would say South Alabama. It's a trick. And Troy, right? Tr- Troy has the four-game win streak. Yeah. Uh, South Alabama has a three-game win streak, three, that's five and one on the year, three straight since the one-point loss at Pac-12 UCLA. Troy gets by Texas State at home, uh, so they're on a four-game win streak. They're three and one in the league, but South Alabama is the overall leader in conference action in the West Division. It goes South Alabama, Troy, Southern Miss, Louisiana, just one and two and 500 on the season. Then it's Texas State, who beat App State two weeks ago, Arkansas State, and Louisiana Monroe. Uh, maybe breaking news. I, I believe we knew this Saturday, though. I heard Charlie Harrison talk about it in our postgame coverage. It's at the stadium following the win against ULM. But Troy may have been uh, without their starting quarterback for much of the second half, and he's listed as doubtful. Gunnar Watson. Yeah, Gunnar Watson got a little bit banged up last time out. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can play because they've kind of used the two-quarterback system a little bit with Jarrett Deji, Doji, however you say his name. Uh, he's been playing a little bit, too, as a transfer guy this year. But Gunnar uh, Watson's their main guy. I was hoping it was Dojo so we could do Karate Kid. <laughs> Dojo Danielson. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see Thursday. It's a, it's a quick turnaround, so that's, that's definitely big news. We lost a player due to targeting, but it was in the first half. Keishan Brown, I think that's right. And uh, luckily, James Miller and the gang at linebacker picked up the slack. Uh, so that was a whole lot of fun. But, you know... We knew it was going to be a, a fun game from the get-go. Now, it got a little close for comfort late. South Alabama giving up 14 and answer in the fourth. Uh, was able to run out the clock thanks to 
a convincing first down run from Marco Lee, and South Alabama was able to force Terry Bowden and ULM to burn the timeouts, and that first down was very, very pivotal because a lot of momentum was with ULM at that time. South Alabama eats up a lot of yardage, too. Uh, do we have the audio, though, of how we knew it was going to be a fun broadcast <laughs> from the beginning? Uh, we, we send out the captains, and it's I do know you got Yam Banks, A.J. DeShazers in the middle. He's the elder statesman, and he comes to the rescue of Yam Banks, but this is great radio. We have a head, we have a tail. What's your call? Tails. Tails. What did he call? No, no, no. What did he call? Oh, tails. Okay. All right. And it is a head, so you want to cross. I'm sorry. You want to defer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. South uh, won the corn toss. They're going to defer to the second half. Are you sure, Tommy? I'm not sure. I don't think they're sure, but we're going to go with it. That was great. I credit A.J. DeShazer for that, by the way. Yam Banks was the spokesperson, and A.J. said, whoa, 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 whoa. Good save. The toss of the coin. Weather. That was fun because... Uh, just set it up for you. It was the, the captains come to midfield. ULM's the visitor. They get to choose. So referee says, all right, what's your choice? He says, tails. Well, then he turns to Yam, and he says, what was the choice? Heads. No, not what you want, what he wants. Oh, tails. Flips the coin. Comes up heads. We win. Good news. Except Yam says, we want to receive. <laughs> AJ, oh. no, we don't. <laughs> oh, what do we want to do then? You know, I've talked with Chris. Well, just move over and let me handle this. I've talked with Chris May about this, about you. Do you have the choice? You know, and obviously you don't. But you know, how? When are you told and all that? And he said, you know, he's played all those games in his career with South. He said that's the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done is being told, hey, we want, if we win, we're kicking. If we don't, we want to go this direction, etc. He's like, I gotta keep everything straight and then remember all that at the, at the toss of the coin. He could remember a one-inch thick playbook, but not <laughs> a couple of details. Right. Uh, I've been out for coin toss before. Uh, Never that nerve-wracking except one of the best, and I promise, folks, we're going to get into some Jags talk here in just a moment. <laughs> Steve Shaw, who is now the national officiating uh, coordinator, used to be the SEC uh, uh, coordinator, and before that he was on the field as a white hat. When he was on the field as a white hat, he told me a great story about he was doing, I think, the SEC championship game and uh, national TV. Condoleezza Rice was going to be out there for the ceremonial coin toss. And he says, as they came out, I don't know who the two teams were, but... He says, all right, captains, I'd like you to turn and meet uh, our special guest for the coin toss. <clears throat> and he says, as he's about to introduce Condoleezza Rice, he reaches in his pocket, and he realizes he does not have a coin. Oh, no. So he says, so you guys take your time and meet Condoleezza Rice. I'll be right back. Except national TV was going to carry the coin toss because she was there. Uh -huh. And he says, I went running to the sideline, and I'm like, none of us ever carry anything in our pocket. And I'm looking in the in the side officials like, what in the world are you coming over here for? He goes, I don't have a coin. <laughs> he goes, your lucky day. I happen to have a quarter. And so instead of a ceremonial coin, it was whatever just regular pocket change quarter they had. And he brought it back and said, here, uh, Condoleezza Rice, please flip the coin. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Steve sold it, uh, told that story. Jags 41-34 winners. And that gets South Alabama to win the game of bowl eligibility down 5-1, and 2-0 in the league. But, JT, how many records went down? That oh, was crazy. Gosh. Yeah, it was, you know, obviously I wasn't there. I missed this past weekend, and I, I hate I couldn't be there. But I was clearly watching from afar and you know, seeing the, the numbers that Carter Bradley had put up. And then I remember seeing the, the graphic from NFL Network of Colin Lacey, Devin Boyson, and Jalen Wayne, all three of them. Like, I turned to my wife and said, are you seeing this? All three have over 100 yards receiving? 
It was really impressive. And the little bits that I get, I did get to watch, it was and really, Paul really spectacular. Two hundred yard rushers, yeah, with two guys that aren't typically the main guys carrying the load for us. You know, with Damian Webb getting banged up, Braylon McReynolds banged up as well. And what a luxury we have with having guys like Marco Lee and Omni Wells who can come right in. You really didn't miss a beat in the running game with uh, 93 yards from Marco Lee, 85 yards from Omni Wells. It was really impressive. Uh, head coach Kane Womack is going to join us via telephone here in just a moment. He'll be talking about all that as well. 615 total yards. The passing number of 420 for Carter Bradley is a total yards by quarterback throwing record. He throws for three touchdowns, no picks, sacked twice. And then uh, the receiving actual total receptions of 12. The dozen for Colin Lacey, and he gets a congratulations call from none other than Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, that's pretty cool that he, he got the call from the guy who previously had the record before him that he individually said, and even he's preparing for the Sunday night football game too, yeah. was to turn around and call Colin and say, hey, you broke my record. Congratulations. That was pretty cool. Jalen Tolbert, now a Dallas Cowboy. Got to see him especially on special teams last night. Lacey gets targeted 13 times, catches 12 for 133. Of the 133, over half were yards after catch, 72, including a 44-yarder, and did score the touchdown. Devin Boyson, 141 on 10 catches, two touchdowns for Jalen Wayne, part of his, uh, I'm sorry, five catches, targeted eight times, and he goes for 127. He had that beautiful 64-yard touchdown reception as well, and uh, just a magnificent offensive game for South Alabama, and he kind of stole the headlines from the defense, uh, nine total tackles from James Miller, and once more, the ball has a, a way of finding the hands of Yam Banks. It, it, it finds some way. It was What a crazy play it was near that sideline to kind of get a, a rebound, if you will, a deflection back to him. So uh, Yam always finds a way to be around the football. You Look, a week ago, we're about to hook up with Coach Kane Womack, and again, the reason he's going to be following us uh, or joining us via telephone, very short work week. Uh, the Jags are trying to prep for a Thursday game, so they don't even have a Thursday practice at all. And usually Wednesday would be the Friday, and they'll do walkthroughs. So uh, we want to have as much time, opportunity to not burden him with an appearance here so that they can actually take care of the thing that's most important. That's winning the game. Uh, but, you know, you look at the Coastal Carolina game. And Coastal Carolina, until Saturday, was leading the East. ULM should have beaten that ball club. And you think if Coastal Carolina can't score more than 28 on ULM and South Alabama puts up 41 and could have scored there at the end, down inside the 10-yard line, 615 yards and just torches that secondary, I like our chances. Yeah, I, I do too. You know, We kind of talked last week about how impressive ULM's defense was against Coastals in the second half. They made them punt in every single offensive possession that Coastal had. And so to see the Jags put up 41, put up 17 in a row in the third quarter, too, coming out of the gates, just or gates of the second half, really just on fire. It was really impressive to see, and got a, a tough Troy team coming up this weekend, too, so, or Thursday, so it'll be fun. Well, let's hook up with head coach Kane Womack. When we come back, it is the Kane Womack Show from Baumhauer's Victory Grill here in Mobile, Alabama, but any Baumhauer's across the state. They are celebrating 40 years. Bob Baumhauer in the restaurant business, four concepts, 14 restaurants later, and Bob's still serving up the great food and hospitality to the people like you, hey, like us, so uh, all across Alabama and visitors who love to shop the gift shop. Come join us today for lunch in Mobile, 11 to noon. The Canwomick Show rolls on after this. Legendary food. Legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. Welcome back in. We're 
Going to talk some football here with the head coach of the Jags coming off a win, 41-34. And uh, it was kind of special, Coach uh, Womack, uh, who's hooking up with us now, to see you guys over there for the alma mater with the Jaguar marching band under the direction of Dr. William Peterson because that's just that perfect bow, that perfect cherry is the alma mater uh, in front of the student section with your players after a homecoming win. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's really special um, to be able to get to do that. And obviously, you know, um, I, every time I go over there I, I, and after after a game and I think about even my time here as a defensive coordinator before, and, and uh, that, that's an awesome moment. And that's a moment that I know our players, you know, celebrating great wins and, and uh, uh, be a chance to do that together. Uh, before we go in the locker room and celebrate, just uh, it's a really special deal. And I, I, I got to say too, our band is phenomenal. I just, you know, you hear them out at practice. Um, you know, when they're out there practicing, getting ready for the game, they sound phenomenal. They've got a great culture. They bring energy uh, to our stadium. Um, just can't say enough about how, what a tremendous job they're doing. Coach, you're a defensive guy, defensive coordinator by trade, now a head coach. Uh, what kind of extra high fives and bat packs were there for major? Uh, Applewhite, 615 yards with 74 snaps to ULM's 58. Yeah, you know, um, obviously it was a, it really was a, a tremendous um, performance by our offense, and and I thought our offensive staff um, did a great job just in, in the week of preparation as well. Uh, we really had a good plan against them. I thought Major called a, a, a tremendous game. You know, um, I, I think the, the the talk early on as we were in meetings and, and we said we felt like. You know, they're a young uh, defense, particularly on the back end, um, that we needed to be able to run some tempo. And, and I'm sure our fans noticed, you know, we, we started actually running more tempo plays, especially whenever uh, we kind of hit an explosive play downfield. Um, and, and they really struggled with it. And I thought Major did a great job of getting our players prepared for it. You know, we work. We're, we're not just a, you know, a, a tempo team every single play that we go fast, um, but we work a lot at two-minute drive situations and tempo situations um, so that when we get in those moments, we can execute at a high level. And you think about the Louisiana game, us being able to execute and get the ball down the field, and then certainly just what we were able to accomplish um, this week. It was, it was pretty tremendous. And, Coach, I'm just pleased where you with you always talk about making and creating explosive plays, and especially in the passing yeah. game, you guys averaged – almost 17 yards of completion. I mean, that's, that's what, by y'all's metric, almost a explosive play per completion, right? Yeah, it is actually. Um, and, and I think that's, that's pretty accurate. I mean, we had, um, uh, we had 17 explosive plays, 14 of them in the passing game. Um, typically if you can get eight to 10, you feel pretty good about what you're doing in a game. And so to get 17 is, uh, certainly the most that we've had, uh, since we've been here as a program, um, and, uh, and obviously some of those explosive plays were, were, were massive as well. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I thought what was really great is we were able to run the ball effectively. We ran it early. Uh, you know, we, we ran it often and consistently. And then certainly at the end of the game for us to be able to put people away in a five minute drive, you know, that, that to me was the most exciting thing of the game, uh, that we were able to effectively run the football when they knew they had to stop us. And we knew we had to run it in order to, to ice the clock. And we were able to do that all the way down the field until we could take a knee. That, that to me, um, is, is a huge step forward in terms of, of what we're able to accomplish offensively. 
Head coach Kane Womack's uh, joining us by phone. We'll talk about the short work week and prep week for his team getting ready for Troy. Uh, and maybe second half hour, get a scouting report of the Trojans who are coming off a win against Texas State 17-14. Not quite as exciting as our game if you want to watch offense. Uh, Troy winning 17-14, that's 31 combined. We combined for 75. But, Coach, uh, getting down the field and that last drive with running backs Marco Lee and Omni Wells, we do this a lot during the course of a game, as we understand as a broadcaster that folks kind of jump in and out of the broadcast. And so, therefore, we have to remind folks of the storylines, the main developments, yep. how we got to the score where we are. But we have to, to keep those sidebar stories fresh as well because we kept pointing out that this is going to be a record-setting offensive night. Quarterback Carter Bradley, three receivers with 100 yards plus and almost two running backs at 100 yards. But then on that running back side, playing without the two number one and number two running backs because LaDamian Webb went out early. Yeah, I mean, you know, you think about that, and 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 I'm I'm glad that you pointed that out. One is a, I think it's just such a nod to uh, what Marco Lee has done and what Omni Wells have done as our as our you know third and fourth backs. Um, you know, uh, in terms of our depth chart, you have Ladamian who tried to go early in the game is dealing with kind of a mid abdomen issue, and and hopefully will be ready to go for this week um, is what we anticipate. And then Braylon McReynolds, um, who, who was out from a, from a knee injury the week before. And so, you know, when both those guys are going down, um, we had, you know, two guys out on the offensive line and PJ Mixon, um, and, uh, and also Dante Lucas, our left guard. Uh, and we were still able to effectively run the football, um, with those guys. They did a tremendous job. And that to me is where, you know, great teams stay successful because of the consistency of not only you know, your ones and your starters, but your backups are ready to come in there and execute at a high level. Coach, we're going to take a quick break. If you can hang with us, we'll come right back, put a bow on that one, get ready for Troy. South Alabama 5-1, and one. and we're coming right back to Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Don't forget on Sundays, they did this yesterday, and it's always a big hit, every Sunday 11-6, to 6, Sunday Blitz featuring NFL Sunday Ticket and great drink specials, including pitcher deals on Yingling and more. Domestic Pilners, only $4.49. Uh, we're coming right back. Hang with us. Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile for the Kane Womack Show. Legendary food, legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. If you'd like to ask Coach a question, our last little bit of time we've got with Coach, you can text it in at 251-301-8023. Coach, I know you guys are hard at work preparing for the battle for the belt coming up on Thursday. Just can you walk us through real quick kind of because it's such a short week and because everything is crammed into four or five days, how that changes y'all's timeline for Thursday. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it, uh, it, it certainly does it, it, here typically in, in a, in a week of game plan for us, we want five, um, days that we're committing prior to the game, uh, to certain aspects of, of, of preparation. Right. So, uh, <clears throat> not all of those days are going to be five full practices, um, but, but, you know, Sunday typically is an off day for us. Monday is a, uh, we go out on the field, we do a jog through, we lift, we do all those things. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, put the pads on, you know, all, uh, and so on and so forth. So what we essentially are doing is yesterday, um, we treated it as a Monday, uh, and, uh, and went on the field in the afternoon or excuse me, late, uh, yesterday evening, did a jog through. 
today is more like a Tuesday practice. Um, tomorrow will be like a Wednesday. And then essentially, you know, we're, we're really two days cut short uh, in terms of, of, of preparation. And so the day of the game will be that fifth day of preparation. And we'll do the things that we would normally do on a Friday jog through. Uh, we'll just do them in a walkthrough model. Uh, so obviously we save our guys legs uh, in preparation of the game. So the schedule, the reps, the mental um, aspect of it will stay the same for our players. Just certainly we're going to significantly pull back in terms of the physical activity that we do. Coach, I know you take them one at a time, and obviously the next one is one we've had a probably circle on the calendar. Troy, the battle for the belt presented by Aldot, but just the, the league itself, after not only seeing what shaked out the uh, first week of the season, but uh, the week prior, and then this weekend with Old Dominion taking it to Coastal Carolina, the, the league has uh, pretty been topsy-turvy, especially over on the east. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you think about um, this league, and you think about some of these teams uh, that have gotten off to you know fast starts in the beginning of the season, or they've had big wins, or maybe even ranked in the top 25. Um, you know, go look at the landscape of college football right now. And the teams that are not locked in from one week to the next can let um, those types of situations become a distraction. And, you know, I, I told our team this um, last week, and I'll, I'll, I told them the same thing last night as we got prepared for, for this upcoming week. You have earned uh, the opportunity to get everyone's best effort moving forward. Um, and, and certainly you're going to get that in a rivalry game against Troy. Um, but, but from here on out, you're going to get everybody's best effort because of what you've done to this point on the field. And that's awesome. That's a great opportunity. Uh, but go look at, go look at the rest of college football and the teams that do not stay relentless in their process and the details that it takes to accomplish this, uh, responsibility week in and week out, uh, are the teams that are going to have, you know, they're going to, they're going to have some issues and they're going to, uh, fall step. And, and, uh, and, and we've already seen that a lot in college football. And so we're going to be, uh, you know, this is an exciting week. Um, I love that, that, you know, that we have rivalries. I think it's awesome. Um, but, but we are, are taking the extra, uh, links to make sure that all the possible distractions are eliminated from our building and we're just focused on our process. Coach Georgia Southern, an example, was 3-3, three and 0-2 three, oh and in the conference, and James Madison was riding high and just hit the top 25, and now they have a loss. Georgia Southern was able to come right. from behind and beat James Madison any Saturday or Thursday night. Whenever you're playing, anybody can beat anybody. I think you make some great points there. Yeah, I, you know, and, and, and it's, it's also, I mean, it's, it's, it's a total credit to how competitive this league is. You know, we've all seen it, right? You see some leagues where the elite, uh, and top, top level, uh, of that league is, is at a different, um, you know, stratosphere, right? Than, than maybe some of the others in the league. And so you have a little bit of a lopsided, uh, conference, uh, in, in this conference, I, I think that, um, you know, the top level, uh, teams are operating at a really high level, but the teams that may have the lowest records in, in our leagues and divisions are also uh, operating at a level that they're able to, uh, you know, knock off anybody uh, on any given week. And so I think it's a credit to the league, but I also think it makes it a grueling task to be able to operate at a high level week after week, um, to, to, to not have situations, obviously, that, that uh, you know, that you just alluded to. Coach, can we keep you for one more brief segment? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just making sure. We have to take one bottom-of-the-hour break here. We'll come back and wrap up our time with head coach Kane Womack because on the backside of this break, he's going to have some good insight on Troy. We'll update you on the latest we know on Troy's quarterback situation, an injury there in their game to Texas State in the second half. All that and more when we return to Baumhauer's Victory Grill, legendary fun, legendary food on the Kane Womack Show. Legendary food, legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. Getting ready for South Alabama versus Troy this weekend here at the Kane Womack Show from Baumhauer's Victory Grill. And we've seen a lot of folks saying on social media, what color to wear for Thursday? Wear Jags, but I know it's going around that it's it's a whiteout or whatever. It's not officially a whiteout, but if you wear white, as long as it's Jags, that's... It's totally fun. It's after Labor Day. We can't be wearing. Oh, that's true. We're in the South. Can't be wearing white after Labor Day. Uh, Kane Womack on the phone with us as his squad now getting set for the battle for the bell presented by Aldot Drive Safe Alabama. Whether you're coming to Hancock Whitney from in town or from Troy, please be safe, buckle up, and avoid distractions. Coach, uh, what can you tell us about Troy? I know uh, you may not want to go in this area, but the last we heard was Gunnar Watson left the game and had maybe been banged up ever since the Western Kentucky contest and the starting quarterback did not play much of the second half. That went to the backup quarterback, Deji. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, those are certainly things that um, we're aware of. You, you, you want to be aware of, obviously, what's, what's going on with the other team and, um, and, and what potential injuries uh, that they may have. However, unless you have a confirmation on something, you know, you prepare like that as the opponent that you're going to be playing, um, and that's the personnel that you're going to face for that given week. And so, um, you know, we're going to prepare um, as if, you know, we're going to see both quarterbacks in the game. They really are, are similar in terms of their skill set, and then certainly I think it's most important how the offense utilizes either quarterback, and it's it's, it's pretty much identical in terms of how they utilize those guys. Um, you know, I think, you know, when you're looking at – uh at a game plan and, and, uh, and what those, uh, what the, that position means and how you have to affect the quarterback. Um, that, that often is from a defensive perspective, you know, how we really open up the, the, uh, the beginning of our week in, in terms of what we have to do. JT, JT's a transfer multi-time. Yes. The back of the uh, a couple of different spots. He's been including one this past <laughs> spring and then he, uh, he came over to Troy during the offseason. But, uh, Coach, I wanted to ask you about the, the defensive side for Troy, too. They've been really, really stout this year on the defensive side. And, of course, the, the mobile native Carlton Marshall gets a lot of attention, too. But when you look at that defense for Troy, what, what stands out to you? Well, you know, I, I, um, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I tell Carlton, uh, I, you know, any time that I see him, I said, you know, you're my favorite Sunbelt player outside of a – that doesn't have a Jag helmet on. So – um, you know, he's, he's really a tremendous football player. So proud of him and his career, um, and the things that, that he's done being a mobile native. Um, I, I, uh, I just think, you know, he has such a great knack for tracking the ball. Um, and, uh, you know, he's not the biggest on the field, obviously, or the fastest, uh, but he's got, he's just a really good football player. And, I think he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. I think, you know, you can tell that their defense, um, you know, uh, from a from a passion standpoint and the way that they play the game, um, that he is the leader of that um, and that he sets a tone and an energy that I think all those guys uh, feed off of. And so, 
Um, really impressed with with him, and and I think what they've done defensively. You know, they've got a, a an experienced defense that's been around for a while, and certainly they're doing. Uh, they have a different system this year uh, under John, uh, but I think that they're operating at a high level. Coach, I wanted to ask you about John Summerall, <clears throat> named the head coach when uh, Chip Lindsey left. I was kind of expecting Vic Coney to come back be his DC. Instead, we saw him Saturday night as the uh, defensive coordinator for Terry Bounds ULM Warhawks. Uh, John Summerall, though, any connection there? You ever worked together? What do you guys know in your relationship? What should fans expect from him offensively and defensively? Yeah, you know, I've gotten to know, I've known John for a long time now, uh, over 10 years, and um, have always admired, um, you know, the things that he's done in his career and the people that, uh, um, that, that we have, um, you know, commonality in, they, they all speak so highly of him. And so, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, John really, uh, has, has done a great job in year one of that program, you know, creating buy-in. I think all, all phases of their team are playing really hard. Um, I think that's a great indicator of, of how, um, bought in your team is to the vision that is cast from the head coaching position. Um, I think, you know, uh, from a, from a, uh, recruiting standpoint, they're doing some great things out on the road. And, and, uh, and, and, and I think, you know, he's, he's got an energy and he's got a vision for what he wants out of that program. And so, um, we, we've gotten to know each other. We actually randomly this summer, uh, we're both, uh, uh, went to go vacation at the grand hotel and ran into each other. Uh, and so our families got to spend a little bit of time together and, and hang out. And that's the fun part about this business. You know, you have great rivalries and, you know, we both are going to want to beat each other's tails on Thursday uh, badly, but at the same time, you can enjoy the commonality that we have in this profession and, and like-minded individuals that, um, that want to do right uh, by their players and their universities. Coach, you've been around uh, coaching at the other stops, uh, now the head coach at South Alabama, but, you know, and you've, you've been to the SEC, you've been to Big Ten, you've been to uh, Conference USA, et cetera, as a player coach. But so cool that John Summerall won in, Kane Womack on the other. This matchup has more national familiarity, especially with the uh, uniqueness of the battle for the belt, which is actually, you know, you think about uh, the, the cotton belt, the church belt, the, the pine belt, all the things that are synonymous with the South. But then the trophy between an in-state bitter rivalry of South Alabama and Troy is really cool because you can go around the country and folks kind of now are learning what that is. Yeah, you know, I think our rivalry, um, the the um, exposure to it is 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 really growing. I think that um, that is assisted by the growth of the Sun Belt as a league in general and as a conference in general, um, and and what we're able to do. Uh, you know, we've talked about how relevant um we are becoming um in the greater landscape of college football and i think that we're positioning ourselves as a conference to be the premier uh, group of five uh league in college football and so those are all exciting things but what makes you a premier league right is you have these great rivalries and you have these great matchups uh like we do in an in-state rival with troy and so that that's awesome um, to be able to showcase that rivalry on a Thursday night with a with a packed Hancock Whitney Stadium, which is what we're anticipating this week, or, or I say this weekend, excuse me, on Thursday night, um, and uh, and then certainly on a national uh, uh, televised audience, and and the uh, you know you don't have to compete with uh, you know whatever it is sixty other games uh, on, on a Saturday. 
but uh, but the exposure that'll give us is is uh, pretty awesome. Coach, let's wrap up our time here on a Monday. Your squad five and one, two and zero in the league, and your top two or three keys to a victory over Troy Thursday night. Well, I, I you know I, I touched and alluded to this um, earlier. We, you know there are you think about games like this, right? Uh, you know, uh, packed stadium, national television. Uh, you're playing your rival. Uh, you know, we're, we're starting to get all this attention in terms of the, the greater landscape of college football and the postseason opportunities and all those things, right? Those are all potential distractions if you allow them to be. And so what we have to- told our team this week is we are going to focus on ourselves. We are a process-driven program um, that has gotten there because we, we are elite in the way that we do things and our standards and consistency on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, all the way leading up to obviously the outcome of Saturday. And so this is going to be about us. This is going to be about continuing to build off the momentum that we've created for ourselves. Um, and so ultimately, um, you know, respect uh, the heck out of Troy and what they've done to this point. Uh, but this game will, will ultimately come down to our ability to execute and do what we do. Well, Coach, we appreciate you spending your time. I, I wish we could have had you here inside Baumhauer's Victory Grill, but JT said if you'll tip him, he'll bring you something to go. Just order. I mean, I will. <laughs> well, always always more fun hanging out with you guys. Uh, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll certainly hopefully have to uh, uh, get some time together going into next week, and, uh, and let's make sure we get, uh, get this thing done on Thursday night. Thanks so much, Coach. We appreciate you. Head Coach Ken Womack joining us. On the Kane Womack Show. By the way, recession concessions. Uh, came in here with a friend on, was it Friday? And it's just a great menu because the, first of all, it's a discount because of recession concessions, everything everybody's going through. Baumhauer's trying to help you keep some money in your wallet. But also, it comes with a complimentary beverage. Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Come in and check out there. Recession concessions, cl- including things like classic tailgate burger and more. It's not one a day. It's an actual full menu of things that you can buy at a discount with the beverage included. Save a few bucks and enjoy lunch uh, on a budget here at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Who's enjoying their 40th year anniversary? When we come back, still talking Jags, we're going to switch to the hardwood. We talked to uh, head coach... Uh, of the men's side a couple of weeks ago. We're going to go to the women's side. Terry Thaller will be joining us from the road on his way to New Orleans, and you'll find out why when we return. Legendary food. Legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. Head coach Terry Thaller on the horn for us. They're going to be tipping it off before we know it, and a really good non-conference slate in fact uh, both teams have good non-conference home slates if uh, you haven't heard by now you'll uh, want to get out ahead of this try to get some tickets because they're going quickly but november 15th pretty big opponent coming to the mitchell center south alabama gets an sec team here yeah the crimson tide of alabama are coming to the mitchell center on uh, tuesday november 15th the lower bowl has already sold out so there's still some tickets available usajaguars.com slash tickets or 251 461 one USA, and um, and uh, you can get those on, on the men's side, but we'll talk women's now. Yeah, Brandon, uh, Lloyd, those games, yeah. they can help Jeff, help you. Greg, everybody. Let's go to Terry Fowler, head coach of the women, and their slate. Uh, the schedule's already out. Coach, you excited? Yeah, I think we got a really good schedule, you know, balanced, um, really good opponents, got a good home schedule, so looking forward to it. Talk about your additions, Coach. The roster, uh, a little bit of turnover there, some graduation. 
Uh, who are the key additions, though, to your squad that's about to be hitting the hardwood here just any day? Yeah, we got several. Um, you know, we, we've added um, Mobile Native from Davidson High School, Kelsey Thompson. Um, and then we've got um, another freshman, Makaya Simmons out of Miami, Florida. Uh, Rachel Leggett from um, on Navarre, Florida, who our sister was an all-conference player at Troy. Um, and then we've got um, uh, Tristan Washington, a um, junior college transfer from Pearl River, um, originally played at Northwestern, uh, Louisiana. And, um, you know, just excited about all these new kids coming in. Can I ask you, Coach, uh, JT is going to follow up with this as well. Six foot three, and we got to see her only for a little bit last year. But, oh, how impressive was the six three senior Gina, uh, Zena Elias out of Clearwater, Florida, uh, what's her status? Oh uh, yeah, she's back. She's on uh, full goal. Um, she, she she had a pretty good summer. Um, you know, she's rebounder, and 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 we really missed that. You know, we were at minus twelve in rebounding last year, so she's going to help shore some of that up for us. So we just excited to have uh, some big bodies back. You know, one of other freshmen from last season that um, was injured with an ACL. Um, Imani Burke is back as well, so they should help us on the boards a lot. She's six two, JT. Yeah, that's you guys have a lot of length out there, Coach. I wanted to ask you too about you mentioned Kelsey Thompson being a Mobile native, and uh, you brought in a transfer, Maggie Robinson, who was uh, at Old Dominion, and she's yeah. Uh, yeah. one of the like what the top ten oldest players in uh, women's college <laughs> basketball right now. But just how how excited are you guys to to have? so much local talent staying in the, the Gulf Coast region down in Mobile coming to play for you guys? Yeah, it's great. You know, um, you know, sometimes it's just timing about recruiting. You don't get those local kids. And, and this, it, this time it just worked out. You know, Maggie's transferring, wanted to come back home. Uh, so we're excited to have her in. And, you know, Kelsey, somebody we've been recruiting um, probably since the seventh or eighth grade. She was attending our camp as a kid. And so, um, you know, hey, we want to try to keep the best at home when we can. Uh, so we're looking forward to, again, having them there. And, you know, they create excitement with um local crowd as well. I know you guys typically year in, year out, will kind of change how you play your offense based on your personnel and whatnot. So what, is, what does Terry Fowler and the Dan Pressel offense look like uh, this year on the women's <laughs> side? Uh, it, it's more five out. Uh, but, but we are trying to post up a little more. Um, you know, again, like you said, based on personnel, um, our post players aren't true, just hard nosed back to the baskets, you know, in the, um, look of, uh, Antoinette Lewis. So we still need them to post up. They just may not be all in the paint. Uh, but getting the ball into the paint to them creates a lot of opportunities for our perimeter players, um, because everybody kind of shrinks in on the post and we got some great shooters and Tyrell Williams and, uh, Jordan Rozier, and uh, so we can hopefully get back to a lot of that good uh, inside-out basketball. Where did Maggie Robinson play high school, or did you guys just say that, and I missed it? I was Because uh, you said homecoming. I knew she was at Old Dominion. I didn't know where she played her high school ball. She played at Davidson as well. Okay. Yeah, they, they kind of crossed paths. I think too. Maggie was yeah. a senior, yeah. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you, you were talking about a couple of different different players there, and Nadia Howard, who we saw some some really big spurts of last year at times of what she can really become. You know, last year playing a lot as a, as a true freshman, and now year two for her. Where have you seen her progress so far in the offseason? 
Yeah, you know, she's picked up kind of right where she left off, you know, explosive, get to the basket, you know, our uh, really good um, on-ball defender on the perimeter. Um, takes a lot of time as a guard and opponent's best um, offensive player. Uh, you know, the one thing she's got to do is improve on shooting. Um, so it's something she's working on is just, you know, add to her game. But, but hey, she's such an explosive uh, offensive player driving to the basket and getting there that, uh, hey, you know, play to your strengths, and she does a great job of doing that. We teased fans listening and listeners just before the commercial break on why we would be hooking up with Terry Fowler on the road in New Orleans. Uh, JT guest, Fats Domino Museum. What, what's got you going that way, Coach? <laughs> uh, well, it's the Sun Belt uh, Men's and Women's Basketball Media Days. And actually, so um, the women are tomorrow and the men are on Wednesday. So, yeah, first time we've had them in person since I've been here. So looking forward to it. Well, Coach, you guys will tip off with a matchup with William Carey on October 31st before you start it for real uh, the next week. Halloween. Yeah, on Halloween, uh, some nice trick-or-treating in the Mitchell Center. But you'll start for real against Spring Hill and then with Auburn and New Orleans before coming back home for a nice stretch. Just what, what's kind of the, the last finishing touches that you guys are wrapping up on before you start the season at the end of the month? Well, you know, it's just kind of, you know, getting everything in and then, you know, tightening those things up and trying to execute them better. Um, you know, whether it's press O, whether it's uh, post D, whatever it is, we just got to be better at it. I think we've pretty much got most of, I would say, 85 90% of our things are in. Um, now it's just a matter of uh, getting the execution part and getting the pieces to fit right together. And, um, and then going from there, just having great chemistry. Um, I, we got a great group. We've got a lot of players. We think we can play, you know, 10 to 12 people. And uh, just excited about, you know, everybody just coming together. Head coach Terry Fowler from South Alabama Women's Basketball joining us here on the Kane Womack Show. Coach, safe travels over to New Orleans. We uh, appreciate your time. Good luck uh, starting out the season on October 31st. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Go Jack. Terry Fowler, that's always you've known Coach for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of the best ones. He is. And uh, how about the combination, though, of he and Dan Pressel together? Yeah. They go back to the first time they were in Mobile together, yep. Spring Hill, and then up to North Alabama and Florence, and now back to uh, South Alabama and have been here quite a while. And they really recruit good kids. Um, you know, that's going to be great additions, too, to have uh, a transfer that brings maturity. Like, you can't just find that anywhere in Maggie Robinson. Uh, you know, I, and I, I waited till we got him off the phone. You said she was one of the top ten oldest players. <laughs> and I said, well, that fits for the one of the top ten oldest coaches in college hey. basketball. Yeah, he would have <laughs> he would have turned the car around on me. But uh, we're going to come right back, wrap up the show, and continue to recap uh, the situation Thursday night. There's something exciting for the fans. I'm sorry for the students on the campus of South Alabama. If you're driving around, you're a student, you hadn't heard yet. Don't switch the radio just yet as we get ready for the Battle for the Belt coming up Thursday on the Kane Womack Show. Legendary food. Legendary fun. Live from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Mobile, Alabama, the Kane Womack Show continues. Remind you, uh, no whiteout Thursday. That's uh, yep. ur uh, urban legend, ur ur myth, whatever, <laughs> inaccurate. It's it's not a whiteout. Uh but also, big news for the students on campus. They just got some exciting stuff coming down the email pipe. Yeah, it's uh, really exciting. Actually, right before we started the show, we got a 
a university email from the executive vice president and provost, Dr. Andy Kintz. And she said, in an effort to accommodate game day logistics and ease congestion for the thousands of fans expected on campus, because it is very close to being a sold-out game on Thursday against Troy uh, at 6.30 Hancock-Whitney Stadium, classes beginning at 3 p.m. or later will not happen on campus. They may happen virtually, but they will not happen on campus on uh, just ruined it by saying possibly virtually. I know. Oh, man. But still, still, um, yeah. there's, a, there's a very good chance that um, if you're a student and you have class on Thursday after 3 p.m., you might be freed up now to uh, to get to the, the game, maybe the tailgate a little bit earlier than you thought so. That'd be but sweet. That's awesome. Indeed. Taking on Troy, who's coming off a win against Texas State, 17-14. Uh, the news we told you first half of the show, Gunnar Watson, the Troy quarterback, 12 of 22 and a pick, sacked twice, left the game early third, so it could be him or it could be his backup. J.J. will wait and see, but, of course, as uh, Kane Womack said, they'll prepare for either one. That's a 6.30 kick on the network, pregame coverage, 4.30. This Thursday, not Saturday, it's the battle for the belt. The rivalry renews at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. That does it for this edition of the Kane Womack Show. For Charlie Harrison, Kane Womack, Terry Fowler. For J.T. Crabtree, I'm J.D. Byers saying so long. Have a great week, everybody. Go Jags! Through a partnership with iHeartRadio, the Kane Womack Show is a production of Jaguar Sports Properties and South Alabama Athletics and has been brought to you by Alabama Power, proud to support the South Alabama Jaguars, State Farm Insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Coca-Cola, together tastes better. Sonny's Barbecue, Tool Expo and Construction Supplies, Conica Sausage, True Southern flavor since 1947 air specialty your carrier dealer turn to the experts the alabama department of transportation drive safe alabama china doll and dixie lily foods dolphins restaurant elevating your dining experience 424 feet in the heart of mobile battlehouse renaissance hotel and spa in downtown mobile hacienda san miguel and azteca restaurants the IBEW Local 505 and by Coca-Cola and Coke Zero Sugar. Join us again next week. Go Jags!